Hi there, and welcome to Coffee with Phil, where our goal is to help you live a life of purpose on purpose. Walking with God sounds easy, but how many of you know it never follows the scripture prepared? In this podcast, Phil shares stories from his personal journey in the hopes that his experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly, will help you as you walk with God on your own journey. Grab your coffee and enjoy this practical and personal episode with your podcast host, Phil Strong. Well, g'day and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Coffee with Phil. My name is Phil, of course, your host, and uh, this is where we, we, we talk about faith made real. We go on a journey uh, to unpack just, I suppose, stuff that's going on in my world, stuff that might be going on in your world, uh, really try and just uh, walk together. And uh, today in, in episode 55, we're, we're, we're kind of saying, holy moly, what is that? And uh, the context of that is really that we would answer this question, does God do surprises? Does God do surprises? Uh, you might pick up from the tone of my latest episodes that I'm quite reflective, but also uh, preparing myself for 2024, uh, so that time stamps this episode to be the end of 23, uh, closing off the year well, looking into the new year. Uh, pretty excited, actually, about 2024 in the fact that I sense God doing lots of things. And, uh, you know, I've been quoted as saying lately as people are chatting to me, I'm really excited. I just wish I knew exactly what God was doing because uh, I don't. Uh, but that doesn't mean to say I'm not excited. Let me let me put some context around this conversation. I want to want to wrap a wrap a thought together. Does God do surprises? Because sometimes things happen in life, and we kind of get a little bit shell shocked. We're like, "Holy moly, what is that?" Or you know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Well, actually, if you read the Bible, you would understand these things must happen as God progresses His plan towards the uh, consummation of this age and the coming of our Lord. So no surprises. He says, you will see these signs. So we shouldn't be surprised. I think that's the, the main point. But does God do surprises or do we get surprised? That's really the question of the day. I want to point you to a verse in the Bible. It's a little, uh, a little obtuse. But in Amos chapter 3, God has this conversation, which I will talk a little bit about. But in Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, the Bible says, Surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. This is really, I suppose, the crux of the matter. Holy moly, what's God doing? Uh, God does nothing that he has not yet already revealed to his servants, the prophets. And as I looked into this verse and I contemplated what's going on around me at the moment, which I'll speak about shortly, I read this phrase as I looked at the commentaries and the context and what's God doing in Amos chapter 3, who is Amos and what's happening. I read this statement. Now listen to this because this applies to you. Here's the statement that one Bible commentator made. The people of God should expect a prophetic message prior to divine action. Now let's put that in the context of the next year coming. 
the year ahead for you, the season you're walking into. Whenever you're listening to this, I want you to think about the future that's before you, the stage of life you're in, what you're hoping and anticipating God doing in the coming season. And we would remind ourselves that the people of God should expect a prophetic message prior to divine action. And I want to talk about that. There's four situations that I want to talk about and apply to this. Uh, and, and, and before I do, though, I suppose I should just dial back and 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 talk about where things are at uh, for me and why this is important. You know, we have uh, been wrestling recently in prayer over what we sense God's saying. Uh, so there's a group of us that get together in prayer. We do it online. We do it in a group. Uh, uh, in the same room, we wander around, we jump up and down, we do whatever God asks us to do, but we're we're pressing in to hear from God because we understand that surely the Lord does nothing that he has not yet revealed to his servants, uh, those that would seek to serve him. And, and just this morning in an online prayer meeting, we were reminded by the Holy Spirit of several things that God has already said. And uh, some of my system works in filing, and and in this case it did. And so I was able to go back into the cloud and retrieve some of those prophetic words that God had spoken in uh, January 2016, uh, which is what this uh, person was reminding us of in the prayer meeting. And we were were excited about that because, again, we go back in time and we see um, a marker a pointer, a God, a word from the Lord that's pointing towards something that he's going to do. Well, while I was bouncing around inside that folder in the cloud, I saw something else that I didn't recognize and I opened it up and it was a prophetic word that someone brought to our church in September 2016. And as I read it to the group in the prayer meeting, we were blown away in amazement and uh, celebratory praise at the things that God had said through that prophetic word in September 2016, which is over seven years prior to today. And they're the things that God said to us this year that we saw walking out in practical terms in the journey of the church. This is absolutely amazing. And and so does God do surprises? Well, I'm not sure God does. I think the main point would be that maybe God doesn't do surprises even though we feel surprised. And uh, and so I want you to put that into context of your story. I'm certainly putting it into the context of mine because I think if I learn to walk and step and treasure and steward well what God has already said through the Bible and through my relationship with Him, then I I might not be as surprised, uh, or at least when I'm like, "Holy moly, what's God doing?" I can actually go and try and find the answer for myself. And I want to point you to a couple of things. Like, uh, there's a reference here for in my notes for uh, a, a conversation that the Lord had with Abraham in Genesis 18. God had determined that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But he says in Genesis 18 verse 17, he says, Should I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? And he's this, this thing, God saying, hang on, I think I might reveal something. I think I might pull back the curtain of my plan and, and reveal it to my friend Abraham. Uh, and I want to talk about Abraham uh, in a minute. Also, uh, in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, 
there's a conversation. Daniel is sort of uh, in the service of the King Nebuchadnezzar, and he steps before the king and reveals uh, this, uh, this answer to a prophetic dream uh, that the king had had. And then the king says this to Daniel. He says in Daniel 2, verse 47, your God is truly the God of all gods and Lord of kings, the revealer of mysteries, since you were able to reveal this mystery to me. And, and there's this, uh, this uh, aspect of Daniel's uh, responsibility there that I want to talk about. But what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's, what's the reason I'm pointing to it is to remind you that God is the revealer of mysteries. And, uh, and, 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 and that's exciting for us also. And finally, in my uh, list of examples here, I would just want to read to you John chapter 15 and verse 15, which says, in the words of Jesus, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not understand what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, because everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. And so here is my point, is that perhaps God doesn't do surprises, uh, even though we get surprised, even though we feel surprised. Uh, maybe God is always moving before us and always revealing uh, things to us. Sometimes in a mysterious way. Sometimes in a, you know, in a way that takes uh, a little bit of working out. And sometimes we're just not in a position to hear it. So when I say to people, you know, I wish I knew what God was doing. I wish I knew what He was saying. You know, we're careful to remind each other that it's not that God is not talking. It's just that I'm not catching the message. Uh, and I would say that to encourage you to press in, which I think we'll talk about at the end here. But anyway, I, I promised you I'd come back to these characters. I've got four characters in my examples that we we might like. I'm talking to myself here, guys, and you're welcome. You're welcome to the conversation. It's kind of like, yep, Phil's had too much coffee, and now he's just talking to himself, giving himself a pep talk, and you're along for the ride. Well, you're welcome. Enjoy the journey. Let's look at the first character that I wanted to reflect on, and that's Amos, because that's the prophet that we uh, we found this verse in, Amos chapter three and verse seven says, surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Now, Amos is a prophet of the Lord. Amos is someone that was called by God to bring messages of uh, correction and warning to God's people. In Amos chapter 3, God begins by saying, this message is for you, Israel. My people, this message is for the entire clan that I delivered out of Egypt. And Amos has this um, responsibility. And and uh, look, I don't want to jump into teaching the Bible, but I like it's a it's an interesting read if you 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 get your device out and have a look at it, Amos chapter three. But I just love like anyone that says God doesn't have a sense of humor just doesn't read the Bible. They don't under, they don't they don't understand the, the 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 tone of God or the way he 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 leads us. And and in the ver, in the verses leading up to verse seven, there's kind of this rhetoric that God's going on. He's He's bouncing out these statements 
that are kind of like don't need an answer uh, because you already know the answer. You know, do two walk together without having met? Does a bird swoop down into a trap if there's no bait? And if alarm sounds, do people not fear? God's going, come on, get get with the program. He's setting us up. He's saying, look, you know this and you know that and you know the sound of the alarm. You know how the, the lion roars in the woods as he has cornered his prey. And yet, are you not listening, says God? Because I never do anything without revealing my plan to my servants, the prophets. And and so what's my point in looking at Amos is Amos has a responsibility. Amos has a responsibility to voice what God is saying. And, and it says in verse 8, it's going, come on, you need to understand that, uh, hang on, hang on, I've got a phone call. <laughs> isn't isn't that life? I, I I left that in there because I thought you know you guys can appreciate. You're probably smiling right now, going, "Why don't they just cut that out?" No, no, you need to understand what life is like. And uh, the person who called me will be listening to this and uh, uh, and be slightly different color as he's listening to it because he knows who he is. Uh, but anyway, uh, what are we talking about? Amos, 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 Amos. Look, uh, Amos has a responsibility to voice this. A message for Israel, and it says in verse 8, the sovereign Lord has spoken, who can refuse to prophesy? Now, this is clearly God saying to Amos, come on, you know what I've said, you know who you are, and you know what I'm asking you to do. What's my point in pointing to Amos? For me, sometimes I, I hear what God says and I have a burden for God's people, but I've got to be honest, that comes with a weighty responsibility because you're like, do I really want to say that? Do I really want to risk offending people? <laughs> Recently, I stood up and I said to the church, you guys, you're fat. You're fat. You, you listen to sermons and you do nothing with them. And uh, and that went down like a cup of cold sick. Uh, you can we'll put the link uh, to this to the YouTube in the notes. Uh, that's a reference for the team to do that. But yeah, have a listen. But what's the point of me saying that? Is is sometimes you just gotta share what God says, and and trust that His Holy Spirit brings a conviction uh, for people to move in it. But here's the thing: this is how we walk together as the body. The body being the body, we're actually designed to speak out and speak into other people's lives and to bring feedback and correction when God invites us to, and that's the responsibility that Amos has. So does God do surprises? Well, not necessarily if you're going to actually step up and play your part in what God's doing. And that leads me to Daniel. Daniel is the second character I wanted to look at. And I, I told you about Daniel chapter 2. And the, the king had a dream and it was disturbing. And they found out there was a young man, a Hebrew boy, uh, Belshazzar is actually his name, but uh, we know him as Daniel. Um, and he gets in there and he, he says, look, it's not up to me to do this, but the God of heavens, the God of Israel, he can interpret your dreams. And the king says, this. He says, I read it before, surely your God is truly the God of gods, the Lord of all kings, the revealer of mysteries. And what's my point? When we get involved in walking out what God is saying and helping other people, God gets 
glorified. Look, the king totally glorified God because God revealed the mystery. It's not man's job to explain what God is doing. It's man's job to point to what God is doing. And that's a key thing. Does God do surprises? No. We should expect God to show the signposts. And in the signposts, we can anticipate what God is doing and expect this prophetic message before God does what God is going to do. And so with character B, Daniel in my list here, um, people are dependent on us and we should step into that space, point to what God is doing so that God is glorified. Which leads me to Abraham. I shared with you the scripture from from Genesis chapter 18, where God says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? And, 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 and in this, Abraham intercedes for Sodom and Gomorrah. He, 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 he wrestles, as, as it were, with God, and he says, God, come on, seriously, can we not see people saved? But what's my point in this? Abraham is a key person in the plan of God. And so are you. God, God doesn't um, often, doesn't, um, in fact, almost always, God doesn't sovereignly move without using people. And, and I, I believe that there's a bunch of prophetic stuff over your life that's not happening the way God intended because people have shrunk back, stepped back, or said no to God and therefore the consequences flow from their disobedience. But what if that's you? What if God's called you to a place to intercede for someone in line with what God has planned and prepared, and you're chickening out, you're stepping back, you're being lazy, you're not praying, you're not interceding, you're not petitioning God. If Abraham hadn't petitioned God the way he did in the story, go and read it in Genesis 18. If he hadn't petitioned God, there would have been greater destruction. Abraham was a key person in the plan of God, and so are you. So, holy moly, what is God doing? You've got to get in a place where you understand that, which leads me to Jesus. John 15 is a beautiful passage of Scripture. Uh, it's the discourse in the, well, which we believe is in the garden. And uh, it's in the Mount of Olives, we believe. Uh, we believe they're walking through a vineyard. We don't actually know because it doesn't say. They just said, let's go. And Jesus uses this example that I am the vine and you are the branches. My father's the gardener and uh, you are in me because I'm in the father and you remain in me because you bear fruit. And then he, he talks about um, love and he draws the disciples in. He says, I no longer call you slaves servants, because the slave does not understand what his master is doing. So if, you, <laughs> if you're not connected relationally, then there's no chance you're going to have a knowledge of what God is doing. Servant doesn't understand, but Jesus says, no, 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 you, you, you. He's talking to you. He says, I've called you friends. I've chosen you. You didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you. I've called you friends. And to my friends, I reveal those things that the Father has shared with me. And so let's come back to Amos. God says, come on. 
The Lord does not move without revealing to his friends, his servants, the prophets. It's not a slavery mindset. It's a sonship mindset. When you're in sonship with God, you could expect the Father to reveal his mysteries in order that you would walk in them and lead others into what God is doing. So Jesus says, walk with me. Walk with me in the garden. Abide with me. Remain in my love as I've obeyed my Father and I remain in his love. I've already told you this thing, says Jesus, so my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. So this is the fullness of how we walk with Jesus, to abide in him, remain in him, to obey him, to love him. And in that, trust that what he reveals to us is from the Father, but it's part of our fruitfulness. And I'm personally challenged by this. I'm sitting here at the end of the year, contemplating life, staring into my empty coffee cup, wondering what's God given me as a responsibility as part of the family of God to help others to walk into. And I think, speaking frankly, if more of the church actually got off their cushion and walked with Jesus in intimate understanding of what he was doing and had revealed to them, then the church would walk in greater blessing and greater manifestation of the glory of the kingdom, which would mean that the world would see the glory and the light that comes from the church and turn to God as their saviour. But perhaps the reason they're not turning is because you're not shining. Come on, this is challenging to me. You know, I'm now going back to those words that God's given me, and I'm wrestling with them. To, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I know, I know there's a cost to pay. I know there's a price that's coming for, for setting myself aside to say, God, would you use me? Would you reveal these mysteries to me? Would you, would you allow me to participate in what you're doing in order that others would see you? And I'm a bit nervous about it because the price is not cheap. It's a price of sacrifice. It's a price of self-denial. It's a price of time, considerable time, and, uh, and, and being willing to carry a burden of prayer that, that, that Jesus might give as an assignment. Uh, for me, um, recently through um, a prayer time, the Lord said through someone who is a prophet in this nation that uh, that said the Lord is calling you higher, calling you to climb the mountain, to take up the posture that Moses took at the top of the mountain to receive the revelation on behalf of people who need to hear what God is saying. God has called you to be a mouthpiece. He's going to reveal mysteries to you. And that sounds exciting, except that it means I've got to put aside a lot of other things to make room to climb the mountain. And I submitted this to my board, uh, my elders. We sat, we prayed about it, we talked about it, and we recognized that God was indeed speaking. Uh, there was a, certainly an agreement, a conviction that this was, a, yes, we are, we are partnering with this word. And uh, Moses, we, we realized Moses went up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. It didn't seem practical or reasonable. We didn't feel like God was saying, 
for me to climb the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. But in 2024, the year coming, they have asked me to set aside 40 days in blocks of time over the 12 months in order that I would take myself away up the mountain, not necessarily physically up a mountain, but certainly to the high place of intimacy and connection with God in order that I might be obedient to the word and have anticipation and expectation that God is going to do something as a result of the obedience because God's blessing always flows on the other side of our obedience. The people should expect a prophetic message prior to divine action. We believe God is moving in this season. He's preparing his church for a sovereign move of God, which means we should all be leaning in and we should all be anticipating greater degrees of revelation. And this for me will require me to go back and to review some of those prophetic words that are on file, some of those ones that I've stored away, knowing that God is faithful to his word. He's alert and he's active and he's always watching over his word, willing and waiting to see it fulfilled. That's from Jeremiah chapter one. Go and read it for yourself. But that's the way that I see God. That's the God that I know. That's the God I have a relationship with. That's the God I'm choosing to walk with. As Jesus said, come and walk with me. So, holy moly, what is God doing? Um, that should be an exclamation of surprise and joy uh, in anticipation of a divine move of God and a sovereign hand of God in our life. We should be saying, holy moly, look at that. Look at what God is doing in the way that Nebuchadnezzar glorified God in the revelation of the mystery. Your God is a revealer of mysteries. And may God be a revealer of mysteries for you. Maybe over the next few weeks, you would find time yourself to go away, to get away, to have alone time. Don't be afraid to be alone with God. Um, Spend time, learn to quiet yourself down, learn to shut out the noise and the distraction. For goodness sake, put your phone in the glove box of your car and lock it away. And just sit on the beach and stare at the waves, listen to the birds, or go for a walk in the forest um, and, and, and appreciate that God is around you and he's in you because Jesus says, I have called you friend. And uh, as I close out my year with you, I look forward to next year and what God's going to call us to journey together. But I, my prayer is with you, friend. My prayer is with you and for you that you would truly find an encounter with the Lord that takes you to a place where you meet God face to face and that you learn how much he loves you and how much he has for you. And I do pray that you you walk in that. So this is me signing out. Thanks for having coffee with Phil. Don't forget to subscribe. Click the subscribe button. Get these downloaded as quick as you can because it's good to walk together. I certainly enjoy it. Take care. God bless you. And I'll be back with you soon.